your service and I am listening speak to me Lord speak to me speak to me Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by the Macarius Church Headquarters. This great teaching provides clear and straightforward answers for anyone desiring to walk according to the Word of God. Enjoy some of the most comprehensive and down-to-earth teachings as taught at the Macarius Church Headquarters. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. Hallelujah. Many years ago, there was a dictator in Romania. His name was Nicolae Ceausescu. Very much an unbeliever. And very much a dictator. Now, this was a sequence of events that led to his overthrow. I think there was something about a church or somebody he made he made he made a, a decree against the church so a church held an all night vigil just with candles they decided to light a candle somebody else lights his friend's candle and they light the candles and the, the candles were lit in the church just to pray that God will intervene in that land and God will help them against the persecution of this dictator they perceive to be a form of the Antichrist. Now, interestingly, that small vigil by a few Christians in a church, lighting candles, led to, one thing led to another. And before they realized, the whole thing had gone out of control. The people of the nation were in the streets, Charged, I mean, before they realized, Nicholas Shasaska and his wife were dead and the regime had ended because of one person lighting a candle in the dark. So I just want us to pray before we hear the word of God. I want you to pray. Maybe I should say this one as well that you see, if you don't light a candle and send it into the dark, ultimately the darkness comes to you. Oh, yes. Oh yes, it's a very, 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 very powerful and interesting phenomenon. But in the third century, Christianity was very strong in North America, North Africa, actually, North Africa. It was the, it, there, were, the, 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 the there was a bishop, if you've heard of St. Augustine, I'm sure you've heard of St. Augustine. He was a bishop in a town called Hippo, where Tunisia is today. These were mighty men of God. Now, the interesting thing was that somehow the people in North Africa could have crossed the desert if they wanted to. I mean, it was not going to be easy. But that was something to cross. And they could have done that and brought the gospel to those of us in West Africa, East Africa. Yes, the other parts of Africa. They could have. They had, they had the gospel in the third century. I thought 400 some where now what they did was they wrote letters or they did different people were saying all sorts of things about false teachings and writing letters to defend the teachings which was good but it distracted them from the major thing which was carrying the gospel to us so what happened was that 
They didn't send the gospel. Now around 13 centuries later, people from Europe crossed the sea, which was also a dangerous venture, and brought the gospel to us. Europeans, Portuguese, those, those people. Now, what could have happened in 1300 years if they had brought the gospel and saved us from many years of darkness in the rest of Africa? But you know what happened? They didn't send the gospel. Then, somehow, the Amoravids, the, 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 the militarized Muslim tribes, took over North Africa. And now they are not Christian at all. Their descendants are not Christian at all. And we have the gospel brought to us by Europeans. So I feel that before we hear the word of God, we, we should pray and commit ourselves somehow to this gospel unreservedly and say, Lord, please, I don't just want to be a participant. I don't just want to be somebody who comes to church. I don't just want to be somebody who hears this as a nice message, but I don't get involved somehow. Please make me a candle in the dark. Please light my fire. Sometimes we don't have a fire because there's no fire anyway. But Lord, give me some fire. Lord, give me something that I need to be able to speak the word. Give me something that will help me to pass on this gospel. Even, even if it's to my children and the people around me in my time, in my generation, in this dispensation. Because somehow, oh Lord, I realize that if I don't do anything about it, ha, the consequences may not be good. I may be spared, but my children, my descendants, those who come after me, in the name of Jesus, pray somehow. Let's pray that Lord help us, have mercy on us, guide us, deliver us from apathy, deliver us from selfishness, make us selfless, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Palomo shebalimi atayababa lekandelebe maloboboshe. Oh yes Lord, oh yes Lord We pray in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit Quicken us Ask the Holy Spirit to quicken you In the name of Jesus Ask him to light a fire In your heart, in your bosom Ask him in the name of Jesus Lord we are praying Robo shekale mi atele mi babo shekande lebe baya mama ridali mi sateda saflande lebe maya itali mi bi kando shebani mi ayama mo shebani mi kato alababaya yes lord yes lord rabobo shemi ande lebe baya do something oh god in my life do something in our lives oh god this morning mabo shebi dali mi maya mama with the blessed gospel that was that was that was reserved oh god balobo shebi anaba that was entrusted into our care the great commission that was given to us handed over to us in the name of jesus faith of our fathers that we might also faithfully hand it over in the name of jesus are not diluting it to god unreservedly oh god in the name of jesus are you praying somebody who's hearing me you are joining us through sweet melodies you are on facebook you are on youtube Pray wherever you find yourself that Lord, something was handed over to us in the name of Jesus. Pa shabani mi ataya mamandi libikaya.
irabo shebande lebe maya iyakata yababo shemane meme atoze kabidiande lebe mabo shebane mina robobo she ilabimo 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 rabande leme katoa le mayami ande lebe mama moshe iyami lebe maya katoa yes lord iyamo libanimi ayama male Reboshi kalimi mi takaya yes lord yes lord rabo shebalimi andendele me maya iyamo babandele be paya yes lord in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i want to read from jude chapter one they're still praying it says in verse three beloved when i gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So, Jude is telling the people that, maybe, maybe I should read verse 4. It says, For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness maybe you should read a new newer version like new living translation for this verse 4 it says that for some people it says I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches Saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Hey! The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago for they have denied our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So, when Jude says we should fight for the faith, one of the ways of fighting for the faith is taking it to people who are not saved because as they say attack is better than defense so please pray the lord help me to use my faith as a weapon that i will use to contend for it evangelism as a weapon to contend for it begin to pray in the name of jesus thank you father we are fighting for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of the most high God. Yes Lord, because when there's righteousness in the land when there's righteousness in high places, when there's righteousness everywhere when the word of God prevails when righteousness rules the land then Lord your purpose is fulfilled in the name of Jesus oh God oh God oh God somebody pray this morning Jesus said my house shall be a house of prayer a prayer for all nations lift up your voice in the church and pray 
Iabo Shebani Mimi Andela Mama Rakato Babandele Masedimi Ayamama Yes Lord Yes Lord Yes Lord Yes Lord Masokalimi Alebando Lubabo Iramo Shebandelimi Aya Iamo Lebanimi Ayamamande Iame Kabidiosa Rebando Lamba Lemi Ayamama Le Iame Lamamaya Iamo Shebanimi Ayamamande Iamo Shekalimi Alebaboshe Father, in the name of Jesus, Maliba Thank you, Holy Spirit. Our final prayer, Second Samuel chapter twenty-three, and I'm reading from verse two. It says, "The Spirit of the Lord speak by me, and His word was in my tongue." The God of Israel said, "The Rock of Israel speak to me." He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And it shall be as a light of the morning, when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. To say it simply, how many feel that because of things like the way the city is just on all over the place. There's like a cloud of darkness hanging over us and we need the sun to rise. Is that not so? We need the sun to rise upon us as a nation. And now verse 2 says he that ruleth over men must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. Let's lift up our leaders into God's hands and say Lord make them men who are just. Who are ruling the fear of God. So that a light will rise. The sun will shine upon us. In the name of Jesus. Is somebody lifting up his voice and praying. As you belong in this land. As you belong in this place. And say my God. Yes Lord. Rulers everywhere must be just. Ruling in the fear of God. Rulers in the home. Rulers in the office, rulers in high places, rulers everywhere. For the sun to shine over us, O God. We need the gentle rain of the Lord upon our land in the name of Jesus. The rain of the Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you. Reign, rule. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He that ruleth over men must be just. Just people, oh God. Ruling in the fear of God. Thank you for the sun that is going to shine. Our darkness will be broken, Lord. Our clouds will, re- will be removed in the name of Jesus. Every canopy of darkness over the land will be removed in the name of Jesus. And the sun will shine in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. Jesus, lift up your hands and send us. Let your living water flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that I stop on my mind, all my 
living water let your living waters flow over my soul let the holy spirit let your holy spirit come and take control of every situation of every situation that i struggled my mind all my cares and burdens unto you Let your living water, Lord. Let your living waters flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit, let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled my mind. All my cares and Jesus, for a morning, oh God, that you reign in our lives. Thank you that you continue to reign in our lives, oh Jesus. We bless your holy name. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together for the Lord, and you may please take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Bishop Eddie senses love. From Dakar, Senegal. Hallelujah. He's preaching this morning in Amakara's church in Dakar. Reverend Bright Henio. He's, he's having wonderful times with them. And I believe that we are in, still in our preparation for Swollen Sunday. Amen. The great feasts. Hallelujah. So this morning, very briefly, we are sharing from this powerful book, Tell Them, written by our prophet, Bishop Dykeward Mills, on keys to the harvests. Keys to the harvests. How many believe that God is going to give us a great harvest on Sunday, the 4th of December? Hallelujah. 
And there are three keys to the harvest I want to share with you this morning. Very briefly, the first key is the key of massive organized prayer. But before I do that, let's look at a couple of times when Jesus spoke about the harvests. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Next verse. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvests. So Jesus, one key here is this. If you are not involved in the work, you will not see the enormity of the harvests. And that's what Jesus portrayed right there. When he, he said, when he saw the multitudes, that's when he realized that they were harassed and they were fainted. When you see a lot of people, what comes to your mind? Many years ago on the 24th December, I was in Accra town. Wow! There were a lot of people in the streets. <laughs> and I heard a woman ask a question in Ga. <laughs> so all these people, where are they from? Then somebody also who was not with her answered the question for her. And I was quite surprised that he knew where they were from. He said, Seaside song. <laughs> In other words, ghosts, a lot of ghosts have come to town. <laughs> you see, when you see a lot of people, do you see ghosts? Or do you see people who can be saved? As for Jesus, when he saw the people, he said, Hey, these are winnable people. These are savable people. These are people that can be born again. These are people to whom the gospel must be preached. And I pray that God will open your eyes. And God will open my eyes. I think that it is a godly thing. You see, Paul was in a city called Athens. Athens is Acts chapter 19. No, Acts chapter 17. You know, and... He said that whilst he was in the city, he was troubled. Because he saw many people. In fact, he saw a lot of gods. The city had a lot of gods. And apparently in the history of the city, there was either a flood. I think there was a flood. And the flood raged for so long, they kept on sacrificing to the various gods they knew. So they sacrificed to this God, the flood didn't stop. They sacrificed to this God, the flood didn't stop. They, they sacrificed to all the gods they knew. Then they decided that, do you know what? Maybe there's a God we don't know. So let's also sacrifice to him and see whether he can stop the flood. So when they sacrificed to that God, suddenly that flood stopped. 
so they erected an altar. Like, okay, we have many gods. This one is called this one, but this one to the unknown God. We have also erected an altar. And Paul said, That unknown God that you don't know, him I declare unto you. And Paul preached the gospel to them. When you see people, do you feel like preaching to them? When you see people, you just feel like seaside are they? So they should just go somewhere. And I pray that God will touch you and I. As Jesus was touched, when he saw the people, he said, These are people, they are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they are fainted, they are harassed. You see, because when you start talking to people, and many, some weeks ago, some time ago, I preached here and I said, If you know a little bit of the word of God, it is time for you to take other people, like young people who don't know the word of God, and counsel them. Now I tell you, immediately you begin to counsel people. First of all, you will see that your problems are not really um, I mean, uh, major problems. That's one of the things you see. You will see the hair, Charlie. Problems deal. <laughs> hair. No, no, that's one. You see, I'm not saying that you should take comfort that somebody has a problem. You will see that, look, yours is okay. Handle it. You see, a man of God said one day that if all of us our problems could be turned into clothes. You understand? Know, a cloth, but maybe a shirt, whatever. And then we were told to go outside and hang them on a line and come back inside. You get, you get so all of us here. There's a line outside there. Go and hang your problems on the line and come inside. Then go back and choose any problem you like. <laughs> <laughs> any shirts, any shirts, any whatever. He said, All of us will be surprised that we will come back with the problems that we had originally. When we see, Hey, you know, let me take my <laughs> Let me take it and go. Let me just take it. He said, I can handle it because you see, the Bible also says that God has not, there's no trial that we are not able to stand, but God will with it and will give us a way of escape. So, your problems are kind of tailor made for you. And when I was listening to the flow prayer this morning, <laughs> the prophet said that sometimes God even uses issues and problems to guide us. Oh yes, yes. Closes a door here so that you'll be forced. And, 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 and he said many of us also are not spiritual. We don't pray. You see, so when problems come, we are forced to pray. I saw this one day when I visited, uh, visited a woman in a certain city. Called Milton Keynes. <laughs> I went to visit her on a Sunday afternoon. She didn't go to church. So I was trying to talk to her about church and the power of God. And she said, oh, as for the power of God, she even has a testimony. I said, what's your testimony? She said, I used to live in London. And then one day, the immigration authorities came into the house looking for somebody. <laughs> no, I think they, no, it was not immigration authorities. It was just people. I mean, policemen. He said, and when they saw me in the house, this, they rounded up all of us and said, how many of you have papers? As in, you are legitimately yeah, yeah, staying yeah, yeah. in England. There's a, a friend in Krata. She didn't have Krata. So they sent her to a deportation center and said, in three days, you are going back to Ghana. Hey, Charlie. I don't know what the CD to the dollar was at that time, but when she heard that you are going back to Ghana without preparation, she said, Pastor, I didn't eat for three days. 
I was praying and fasting. And I said, this person, if we ask you to pray, <laughs> if we ask you to pray for anything at all, well, we are church, we are organizing praying and f- fasting and prayer. You will even be, you will say that, uh, they said there's even a new fast called variegated fast. So, <laughs> but she said, I didn't eat or drink three days. He said, at the end of the day, the people came and said, okay, some of you can go back. And that's how come I'm still in, in England. <laughs> that was a testimony. That was a testimony. You know, so what I'm saying is that let us be moved with compassion when we see people. And Jesus said, look, the laborers are few. The second time he talked about the harvest was in John chapter 4. Now in... This was after he had ministered to the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria. So in verse 34, Jesus said, John chapter 4 verse 34. Jesus said unto my meat or my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. There's a nice tree song that goes like this. Adichi wohe eseme seme ye nyosuma minejuma nyosuma mineju nyosuma minejuma Adichi wohe eseme seme ye nyosuma What Jesus was saying that my satisfaction what keeps me going? Because he had sent them to buy food. When they came back with the food, he didn't, was not enthusiastic about the food. Because he had ministered to a woman who obviously was harassed and fainted. So that she had tried five husbands. And none of them had worked. And she was with a sixth man who was not a husband. Because I think if you enter into a contract, then that's when things, bad things. So this one, let's just try it to throw, throw him away. Hey! So the next verse, he said... Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. So Jesus is telling us that, again, this is a good prayer topic. The first prayer topic is that God should touch our hearts. So that when we see the multitudes, we see them as savable and winnable people. This is the second prayer topic, that Lord... Open my eyes. So when I lift up my eyes, I will see that the fields are white already to harvest. Next verse. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. Wages means salary. Wages means allowance. Wages mean everything that when you go to work, you expect to get. Because remember that Jesus said, laborers for the harvest. So when you are a laborer, you get paid. And laborers who work on construction or in the farm, they get paid by the day. Is that also? By day. He said, he that repeat, receiveth wages. Now, what it is is that the payment is twofold. There is a payment now, okay? And there's also a payment hereafter. 
And he says, and gathered fruit unto life eternal. I see God blessing you with some salary now and some salary later. God is not like the officials in Qatar who have built World Cup stadiums at the cost of 6,500, the lives of 6,500 migrant workers. These are the ones from India, Nepal, Bangladesh, Pakistan. It's another country. These are the Asian ones. Like somebody said, they didn't count the African ones. Maybe. But, but they, they've died. I mean, their, their pictures are actually on walls. These people died in the construction of the World Cup stadium. Yeah. And when you die, some measly compensation is paid to your family. If they will pay at all. But God is not like that. Amen. In fact, in God's agenda, he says, both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Oh, this is exciting to me. So, as you go out to sow the seed, and by the way, by the grace of God, I'll tell you now, I may repeat it, but I'm saying that from next week, God willing, we are dressing down. We are wearing jeans and a check t-shirt, okay? You come to church and I'm not canary yellow or anything like that, or any dress down. Why? Because when we are done with the service, we are going out there to invite people to the great feasts. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. We'll have leaders who will show us where to go. You see, because what it is is that whenever you preach the gospel to someone, you are either sowing or reaping. <laughs> you see, so when you sow, when you, when, you, when you share the word of God with somebody, you sow a seed into the person's life. Kenneth Copeland said, when he got born again, the night he got born again and was lying down, he remembered his Sunday school teacher from 15 years ago and something she had said. Then he realized that, wow, that was a seed that was sown in his life. So never, never, never underestimate whatever you are going to do. You may go and find out that somebody's seed he has sown, you are reaping when you go and witness to them. Yes. And he says, he that, he said, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Clap for the sowing and reaping and the harvesting of Jesus. I love it. I love it. What says the next verse? Is that the end of it? And hearing is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. Beautiful. Clap for Jesus. I love Jesus. Wow. So very briefly, three keys to the harvest. In fact, one of the keys of the harvest. Maybe you should read verse 38 to finish it up. It says, it says, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. One of the keys of the harvest is an akazo, which... Bishop Eddie has so shared so powerfully on, on Sunday and Tuesday. So the key I want to talk about now is a key of massive organized prayer. The key of massive organized prayer. Now for those of you who don't know, if you are not on a WhatsApp page, but if you are, then every Thursday... And every Saturday, we pray on the page for one hour. 
post prayer topics call our people and evidence that they are praying is that they respond to the topic when it is um, so when I see a page and some pages are phenomenally um, I don't know what to say famous famous <laughs> or remarkable for the fact that all you see on the page is the forwarded text message of the leader the soul the soul prayer he forwards and nobody responds say wow but this week and next week and up to you will not sleep again when it's time to pray some people when you call their phone it says busy so it means that they are put on do not disturb don't disturb my beauty sleep at 5 a.m they know they know the, 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 they know themselves <laughs> and some people cannot be reached find a network that can be reached in your area <laughs> hey Charlie God, see, that's the time when the sleep is sweetest for you the 5am to 6 you don't want to miss it but for the sake of the prayers and you are sitting there saying, oh, praise the Lord, I'm not on any WhatsApp. Why are you not on any WhatsApp group? <laughs> Actually, we are recruiting, and we'll do so today, people to join airport stars, ashes, dancing stars, and the choir. Yes. For the great feast, because you see, one way of find yourself out of the church is not doing anything in the church. When you are involved in something in the church, you find that there is a reason to even come to church. Coming to sit, like Bishop Eddie was explaining to us last week, as a pew warmer, is not a role or a function which you will enjoy doing for a long time. After a while, You'll be tired of warming the pew. But maybe if you're an airport star, you just smile and welcome people and say, God bless you. Even through that, you see, one of the things you reap when you are sowing such seeds, you may not know, but you have sowed a seed of evangelism. You can reap a husband through that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, I'm not saying this because I just want to make you happy. I know somebody. I can mention a name right now. Who finished Bible school? And actually, she came to Bible school because she had lost her husband. I mean, it was one of the things she wanted to do as she was grieving. She had a husband and three children, and she, she lost her husband. So, in the second year or so of her grief, she registered in the Bible school for a one-year course. Now, when she completed, she went somewhere in the Ashanti region with her three children and got involved in a church and was going out for evangelism. So every Saturday, she went by this place, this route that she used to take. And there was a guy who had spotted her. So he met her one. He came to her one day and said, Oh, I see you coming this way every Saturday around this time. It's evangelism. He said, We are doing outreaches at 3 p.m. Every Saturday for this great feast, in case you are not aware of that, in your area. Now, she went on, as, she, as he met her and said, oh, 
Where do you go every Saturday when you go this way? She said, oh, I'll go on evangelism. She said, oh, I'd like to go with you to evangelize. <laughs> it's a nice line. I mean, that's what she's doing. You should also be interested. Anyway, so he went, he, he went with her. I mean, he, he went with her. As to whether it was really because of the evangelism he wanted to do or because he wanted to be with her. But anyway, he went. And one of the days, he told her that, um, I, I think... I would just like not to do only evangelism with you, but I want to do life with you. <laughs> and she said that, oh, her first question, because that was a prepared answer. She didn't want any go around and around. She said, oh, I have three children. You know what he said? He said, nonsense. Nonsense. That you have three children. Nonsense. And so what? And so what? And so what? Today, he has married her with her three children and everything. I hope they are still doing evangelism. <laughs> yes. Because there's, you see, there's something to repent. Jesus, when he pays you, he pays you stupendously. Over and above all that you ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly. Because he pays. I mean, if Jesus didn't use the word, and the wages is not, the word there is not spiritual. It's not a spiritual. No, that word means salary. You know when the, the Romans 3 3 says the wages of sin, that's the payment, the salary <laughs> it, for, for sin is death. And the wages for, 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 for sowing the seed, it's also something that God pays. In fact, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, I think verse 6 or so, there's a word, the reward. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder. Uh-huh. That word rewarder is the same Greek word way as used there as wages. It means God is serious about his payment too. He's not, he's not joking. And there's a payment for this life and the life hereafter. But I was talking about massive organized prayer and saying that one of the ways to get people saved and remain in the kingdom it's to pray for them to be one. Now there's, there was a lawyer called Charles Finney who got saved and became one of the greatest revivalists of his time. Now writing about him, Kenneth Higgins says that Charles Finney stands out as one of the greatest exponents of evangelism since the days of the Apostle Paul. Which is, which is powerful. And he says, all theologians and church historians agree that Finney had the greatest success of any individual preacher since the days of Paul. Furthermore, in Finney's revivals, 80% of all his converts stayed saved. You see, you are not amazed at that figure because I'll tell you that the little research I've done into crusades and it's about 5%, 10%, at least the little I did. Five percent after three months. So to get eighty percent, hey, and he says that Moody, that's D.L. Moody, who was also a great evangelist, was mightily used of God. Yet church historians agree that not more than fifty percent of his converts remained. Then he says, in his autobiography, we read that when Finney would go into a town for a revival, almost the entire town would turn to God. Wow. <laughs> he 
He said, after one such revival in which practically the entire city was converted, the only theater in town had to close down because no one attended. Oh no, God can do such mighty things in revivals. The theater closed down. And the beer joints closed down. In fact, one of the greatest revivals in history, which is called the Welsh Revival. You know, when you go to the football stadium, the, the, the club that won the FA Cup that year is written there on the wall. So let's say, if it's England, Swansea will be, a, Swansea is one of the Welsh, Welsh yeah, Swansea. 19, the Welsh Revival was in 1904. So 1903, maybe Swansea, or maybe 1902. Where is Celtic? Cardiff City, good. So Cardiff City in 1902. Swansea in 1903. In 1904, what is written there is revival. Because <laughs> the FA Cup didn't come out. Nobody went to watch football. Because they were praying. <laughs> oh, yes. They didn't play the football. The football didn't come on. It was the next year that the FA Cup was played again. <laughs> So he says, what was the secret of finished success? He said, there is no more secret, no more mystery to having a revival than there is to a farmer's reaping a crop. So what he's saying is that when a farmer plants, it's not a mystery that he reaps. If he plants corn, it's not by a supernatural, you know, he has to do something. No. He will reap the corn, all things being equal. Then he says, If the farmer tills the soil, puts the seed in the ground, and trusts God for the rain, then when the time comes, there will be a harvest. Then he says, Finney had an elderly man working with him who was semi-retired from the ministry. People called him Father Nash. So this man worked with Finney in the ministry. And then Father Nash would go ahead of Finney three weeks in advance of a planned revival to try to get two or three people to enter into a covenant of prayer with him. So he would go and get some people. And he says, on one occasion, when I go to a town to start a revival, that is Finney got there. He says, a lady who ran a boarding house contacted me. She said, Brother Finney, do you know a Father Nash? He and two other men have been at my boarding house for the last three days. But they haven't eaten a bite of food. I opened the door and peeped in at them because I could hear them groaning. And I saw them down on their faces. They have been this way for three days. Lying prostrate on the floor and groaning. I thought something awful must have happened to them. I was afraid to go in. And I didn't know what to do. Would you please come and see about them? <laughs> wow. Hey. I pray that God will give us a little bit of this spirit. You see, this is what is called the spirit of travel. Traveling prayer. 
that gives birth to something new. Spiritually. And he says, Father Nash and his friends, they were down there praying. Romans chapter 8, 26. He says that we know not what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Maybe on Friday night, you missed the chance to partake in the prayer that we prayed here. You missed the chance. Because around 2 a.m., the Holy Ghost just entered the place when we were here. And there was, there was a sudden change in the atmosphere. Now, I know that that kind of atmosphere can change many things in your life that you have been trying to change for many, many years and they've not been changing. Because it's a spirit that gives birth to something new. A new church, a new soul, a new thing in your life. And I would like to announce to you by the grace of God, that God willing on the 25th, 26th and 27th of November, we are fasting for three days and praying. And on the 25th, oh no, no, not the 25th, 25th is a Friday, yes, 25th November. 25th November, there will be an honor primate, a second honor primate, council wide. We are coming here to pray, not for beloveds, not for visa, not for the city to turn around, but we are praying for souls to be won, salvations. We, we are actually using the key of massive organized prayer and fasting for that, for those three days to pray. Yes. And don't miss that one. Don't miss that one. Paul said in Galatians 4.19, Say, my little children, of whom I travel in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. That is how to get people saved and for them to be really saved. When I sent somebody to a church, I think they just got born again. And yes, weeks later, I called the bishop to whose church church. Actually, he he had moved... um, to live in that city. And I told the bishop. I asked the bishop. How is he doing? He said, the bishop discussed. He said, oh, this is the kind of guy we don't need to follow up. He said, he got, he said, he said to me that this person ha- has really got born again. He said, you can feel that he's born again. We don't chase him. He comes to church. He's there. And because I told him that he was a new convert. He said, oh, no, no. The guy is... Oh, he, he wants God. Huh. And I pray that God will help us to be able to pray such people into the church. Who, are, who, who wants God? Hallelujah. You know, talking about massive organized prayer. How many have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Who was a plumber who was used mightily of God. Yes. He became a full-time minister from being a plumber. Now when he joined, when he became born again, he said he met the Salvation Army people. And this is his account of what he said. The Salvation Army had more results than anyone else at the time, especially in the area of sowing. He said many times they would have all night prayer meetings lying prostrate before the Lord. And he said, the early salvationists had great spiritual authority. And it was manifested in each of their services. At the weekly meetings, 
the group will join together and claim at least 50 to 100 people for God, knowing they will read that number and more. Scores of people found Jesus as their Savior through the branch at Bradford. By the grace of God, we are asking the Lord for 7,500 people to fill this church on the 4th of December. I know that when we pray, just like the salvation army people will say, Lord, we want a, we want 50 souls. We want 100 souls. I don't know how many souls have been targeted for you. 300, 400, 50, whatever. It is through massive organized prayer. As we all come together to pray, corporate prayer, that God will help us to achieve that target. Number two. Massive, well, I've talked about fasting a bit, but I want to say this that fasting breaks strongholds in people's lives. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We are not warring after the flesh. That's why we are praying. We are not demonstrating, we are praying. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not kind of a mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are strongholds in people's minds. Strongholds which keep them from the gospel. Strongholds which make them resist the gospel. Now, the next verse is, casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. One day I sat in my house. I had a cousin who was a tailor. A certain gentleman had come to him. Who was a graduate of KNUST. This is years ago. Now, my cousin who had just got born again tried to preach the gospel to him. That's what the guy told him. He told him, ah, do you think you, because my cousin was a middle school leaver. His only certificate was middle school leaving certificate. MSLC. And he was a graduate. <laughs> so he said that, do you think you, a middle school leaver, you can con- convert me? <laughs> you can convert me? And he said to him, he said, I was on KNUST campus in a particular year when everybody became creepy. That was it. He said, everybody became creepy. Said this person became creepy, that person became creepy, that person became creepy, but, but me, I didn't become creepy. <laughs> hey, it's like, look, no, 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 me, no, no, not me. Is it, that's, that's, that's an example of a stronghold. He is an unbeliever and he's, he's convicted of his unbeliverness. States that he can never. I don't know. It's like those who become crefe, they are some low type of people that, like you, middle school leaver, that you want to convert to. You see, 
I don't say that that's what God, that's how God always works. But I know a doctor who was also strong about not believing God. Interestingly, his wife was very prayerful. One day, this doctor found himself on the floor in his own house, surrounded by armed robbers. And when the armed robbers had finished what they were doing and were leaving, one of them felt like they should go back and finish the people. But this doctor lying on his floor in his house, when he felt like getting up, he heard a voice, lie down. He had never heard that voice. Lie down. So as he lay down, then he heard the people coming back to his surprise. Then when they saw him, one of the Amnurus said, make you no mind down. He died already. Then they left. If he had come in to find him standing up, they would have shot him. And that is how that doctor became born again and is now an evangelist preaching the gospel. <laughs> yes. He's a born again. He's an evangelist. He preaches the gospel. So God has many ways of dealing with the strongholds, but one of them is as we fast and as we pray. And as we end today's sermon, I'd like to talk about the key of massive organized outreaches. Yes. You see, Swollen Sunday is an example of a massive organized outreach. Some years ago, I think at the World Cup, you know when soccer teams play, they have a formation. 4-4-2. Yeah. 4-3-3. Four refers to the defenders. The other four refers to the midfield. And then the last figure is the attackers. Is that also the strikers? So if it's four four two, means they are playing four defenders, four midfielders, and two strikers. Sometimes they play only one striker. Five four one. Hey Charlie, there are analysts in the house. But five four one, the people they suffer, they run. Nah, sometimes it's not easy for them. It depends whether they are pacey strikers. Yes, if there's a pacey striker. He can play. Now, there was a particular year, I don't know which year that was, that Brazil was supposed to be playing the World Cup, and they said they had an all-attacking. <laughs> it means that when they were moving, they were not moving like only the two strikers there. No, no, no. The whole team moved to attack. And the whole team moved back to defend. And they were a very successful team then, I remember. Total football. Wow. Charlie, I'm being coached. Yeah, total football. You see, many times we leave evangelism to certain attackers or strikers. Or the center directors and and the RSOs and certain center leaders. That's for me. (laughs) But I thank God for the wisdom of Swollen Sunday because in Swollen Sunday, all of us are attacking. 
It's on all out. All of us. You can't, you, you can't be left out. Please. You can't be left out. You can't be left out. You know, there used to be a threesome in Ajax. Marco van Basten. Ruth Hulit and Frank Reichardt. This is the 80s. Eesh. They made Ajax a fearsome team. Were they in Ajax? No. No, they were in AC Milan. Now Frank Reichardt was a defender. But he was the prototype of the defender who attacked. A defensive midfielder. Yeah, he attacked. So he was called the best defender in the world because he would not just stay defending. Because once you were on the defensive, he 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 he, he would not have to be defending. Do you understand me? And I feel that for many of us, we are sitting on problems in our lives because we are on the defensive. We are under siege. But I would like you to take up your spiritual weapons and go on the offensive for, for once. Go on the offensive. Take the battle to the enemy's gates. Because he has brought it to your gates. So when the fight is at your gates, there's always some, some of these. Even, even if you win the battle, there's some your, your gates have been pulled down. Something has cut back. Now to get up and take the attack to the enemy's gates. Yeah. And that's what we are doing. That's what we are doing. So we are in a season. Do you understand? It's not every season that we have two or nights in a month. But it's a season. So you can't say, I'm tired. No, no, because you have been resting. <laughs> you have been telling your neighbor that you have been resting. You have been resting. You can't say that you are tired. We had an all night last week. And then some of you have three all nights in the month. Because next week, Kwao will have an all night rehearsal. It's, it's a season. It's a season. How do you understand Genesis chapter 8 verse 22? Which says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not see. There's a certain season when you have to let your powers combine. Put everything together and say, we are on the attack. We are moving. We are saving souls. Everybody is doing something. Yeah. Everybody. It's a season. After that, we enter into Christmas. Yeah. Relax. You can eat the chicken you want to eat. Pork you want to eat. Yeah. Someone verse 3 says that. Someone verse 3. He says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This is our season. To bring a lot of souls into the church. You know, one of the principles behind Swollen Sunday is that generally speaking, I'm saying generally speaking because you know how it is. When you put on weight, it's not easy to lose it. (laughs) People are, I have a witness, I have at least one or two witnesses in the house. (laughs) Generally speaking. When you put on it, it's not easy to lose it. So, what we are believing God is that if we swell to 7,500, even if we slim down, kakra, ah, 3,000, yeah. 
Thank you. An elephant that has lost weight. It's not like an antelope. A fat antelope. It's not like an elephant. (laughs) So we are believing God to swell. That's what we call it. Swollen Sunday. And I believe that we should all be excited about it. That if you don't take part in Swollen Sunday too. Then you want to be like my the, the guy. That guy who said that me, I didn't get born. He said, like, I mean, I don't go. When they are doing um, Basinta Sunday, I don't do evangelism. When they are doing International Sunday, I don't do evangelism. When they are doing Swollen Sunday, no, no, no. Swollen Sunday, there, you have to get up and say, oh, no. Let me do some. Let me do some. Let me do some. Say season. Say season. Hey, that guy. He had a friend called Satan. His friend was called Satan. You can imagine. Ah, he will say that he is not born again. But I believe that these three keys are good for us. Yes. The key of massive organized prayer. And we are praying. And God will come and pray again on the 20th. And the 5th. Yes. All night. And then the key of massive organized fasting. For the souls to be won. We are fasting on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. And then we are all taking part in the massive organized outreach. Starting from next week. If you have not done anything at all, by next week they should come in your jeans and your church t-shirts. And then after, we go out and win some souls. Rise to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord for an opportunity to get involved in the harvest. But the keys of the harvest... Beautiful, beautiful keys of the harvest. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. May a juma meradi midi mehuna ninara peyename nejuma. Namenyan in Sem Shira, Sir of Remia, Ribiara, Midiani, Bajino, so or Sunday, or no, no, Adam Shira, Ebuzo, Mayajuma, Mayajuma, Merati, Mayajuma. Just involve yourself, spirit, soul, and body in working for God in this season, in this month. Oh, 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 oh,
Lift your voice and pray the Lord, I'm available. Lord, use me to pray, to fast, to go, to do something, to give for busing. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. To do something, Lord, towards the feast, towards the harvest in the name of Jesus. Here am I, here am I, Lord, here am I. I want to pray, Lord. I want to fast, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I want to give, Lord. I want to go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you are here. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And as I'm speaking, your heart is beating because you think, no, I must give my life to Jesus. If that is you, wherever you are in this hall, raise up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Your right hand should go up. Today is your day of decision. The word of God says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. They are not sure where to go, what to do. But today he said, Pastor, pray for me. If you have raised your hand, I need you to come up to me here in front. Come running. Come. Come running. I need you to come. Come running to come. To the I need you to come. Yes. us all to pray. You are joining us by Facebook. Somebody needs to give his life to Christ. So let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I know I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. Please forgive me. Wash away my sins. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Father. For saving me. In Jesus name. Amen. It's now time for the communion. A communion is a fellowship. And John said in 1 John chapter 1. The fellowship we have. Is with the father. And with the son. And today as we come. To the table of the Lord We have come to have A heavenly fellowship One day when Jesus was teaching Somebody shouted Blessed is he That shall eat bread In the kingdom of God What I want to say is that This indeed is the bread of the kingdom For Jesus said The man that eats it He shall live he shall not die. And what it means is that as you eat it, life is also imparted into your body. <laughs> For the word that says that 
For God so loved the world that they who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That life there, that word there is zoe, which is the God kind of life. So everlasting life is the God kind of life. And what it means is that if you have everlasting life, you can have the life that God has or life as God has it or life as God knows it. You can have it here on earth. Amen. And what that means is that I know that God does not know sickness. God does not know disease. So, when you partake of this life-giving bread, it means that every disease, every sickness, every infirmity is taken away from your life. It means that this bread becomes an antioxidant. That enters your blood and removes dangerous radicals that causes that cause cancer. That is what this bread is doing when it enters your blood. It means that it becomes an, an agent that re, that lowers the cholesterol in your blood just by eating this bread. If you believe it, that's what Jesus said. If you believe it, and today I know that there are believers in the house who are eating this bread in all confidence that this bread which came from heaven is ministering life to your body lift it up and say the bread of god the life of god the bread of god the life of god the bread of god the life of god eat it The blood. One beautiful thing about the blood is that unlike the blood of man and the blood of beasts and of other animals, it doesn't expire. It doesn't perish. No blood that you see is imperishable. Even blood in the blood bank. After a while, if it's not used, it expires and it's thrown away. But this blood, as far as we know, has been active for 2,000 years. It is as powerful as it was on the day it was shed at Calvary. And when the blood was shed at Calvary, it served as a solution for mankind's problem of sin. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome the solution of God into your life for your sin problem and for any other problem you have. It is the blood of Christ. Lift it up and say the blood of Christ, the solution for my sin. The blood of Christ, the solution for my sin. The blood of Christ, the solution for my sin. Drink it. The blood avails. The blood avails. The blood avails. Oh, lift up your hands and thank God for the power of His blood. 
thank you that you have entered into a different realm of heavenly fellowship the writer of the book of hebrews said that when we experience god we taste the good word of god and we also taste of the powers of the world to come thank you that in this time of communion the powers of the world to come the unlimited nature of god every limitation over your life is removed in the name of jesus by entering into this fellowship by partaking of this fellowship by partaking of this blessed bread and blessed blood ha you have removed every limit every boundary the limitlessness of god is your portion father we thank you father we bless you that there shall be no obstacle in our way this week Everything that has been placed there by Satan will be removed in the name of Jesus. Every barrier declaring that we cannot go beyond it is removed in the name of Jesus. In the realm of the Spirit, in the realm of our relationships with others, my God, thank you for your power. The powers of the world to come, the powers of the heavenly realm. Where there's no limitation, where there's no boundary, where there's only joy and peace forevermore. May we walk in joy and peace in the name of Jesus. Walk in joy and peace this week in the name of Jesus. Walk in the heavenly presence this week in the name of Jesus. Enjoy the heavenly realm this week in the name of Jesus. As the days of heaven upon the earth, may it be as unto you. May every door be opened in the name of Jesus. May you meet those you are supposed to meet in the name of Jesus. May you not meet those you are not supposed to meet in the name of Jesus. May you walk through every door. May doors be opened for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Clap for Jesus. I am listening. We believe you have been blessed by this powerful teaching from the Bacarius Church headquarters, East Lagon Hills, Accra. Stay blessed. I am waiting